by popular demand to a podcast app near you. It's Minor Details. Hey, how you doing? What's going on, Marcus? Nothing much. Just watching the game awards right now. Yeah, we haven't done an episode in a while, so thank you everyone for joining us. We're watching the the I want to call it the Steam Awards, but yeah, it's <laughs> yeah, it's being um streamed through Steam, so it's yeah. like a very easy mistake. Exactly, and they're guaranteeing their viewership by giving away a Steam Deck every minute. <laughs> yes, what a gimmick it got me in <laughs> for yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, hell yeah, that's like. That's the main reason why I'm even like streaming it on my phone <laughs> so I don't miss out on my chance. Right? I oh. think it's a good incentive. Everyone likes free things. Steam yeah. Deck, best way to advertise yourself. No, yeah, it's 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 a, it's a great marketing ploy. It's, uh, but we, we were saying earlier how it's it's so funny like um a lot of, you know, your typical movie award shows and everything have kind of been like falling off and the viewership isn't there. People aren't really watching it anymore. People aren't going to theaters, anything like that. Streaming has really taken over. So we, I can really see like all of that moving towards video game awards now. I also feel that for movies or films, there's been a lack of diversity and sense of different popular movie styles, right? So I feel that people are getting fatigued, for instance, with, with this um Marvel films or oh yeah or um oh yeah uh, comic book films and and we don't have like any alternative to go through right now like a Lord of the Rings but I I believe as I speak they there is a show for Lord of the Rings but the the film industry and TV industry is trying to find that next big thing because Star Wars has done bad um they, they Star Wars has found its strength on streaming that's what I will say they have found their strength there. Now, with games, there's way more diversity in the sense of like how many different game genres and different characters you could fall in love with. And it could reach a wider audience than films because films have to rely on, well, nowadays on a particular series or a particular character to promise a financial gain for the studio, while games they can do one really amazing game like um, Horizon Dawn, an original IP, and be successful. And they're getting 50, 60 bucks out of each person. And even, especially with streaming culture nowadays, you have, like, not free advertisers. I'm sure they're paid in some way, but you have a ton of advertisers. Like, you don't have that with, uh, let me say, like, boots on the grounds advertisers, influencers. Yeah. Like, you don't really have that with movies and TV shows as much as you do with video games. Like, you could have, you know, any hot girl just playing some game, just, you know, and then guys are just watching. It's it's hilarious how well that works. Yeah, well. So effective. Yeah, streaming has been coming up in popularity. It started, in my opinion, with YouTube, early YouTube, like PewDiePie and, and his Let's Plays. And the funniest thing, if you look at, let's plays back then and look at let's plays now it's only increased in time length so a while ago it was cool to see like a 10-part series of one person playing one game and then the video is like 10 minutes long nowadays people would rather see like an hour two or three or maybe the whole playthrough in one sitting yeah let's play the videos are the entire thing yeah for sure for sure and i believe that's that only works because more people are tuning in more people are watching because with the short videos I feel for audiences at the back at 2010s let's say that it was still like a risky type of um, media to get into like it was still new not a lot of people were getting advertising or like personally they had to personally finance everything themselves and it just goes to show that people want to spend more time with these people while they stream no, absolutely. And then I think um, YouTube has become so commonplace on everyone's phone or, you know, TV app or whatever that people just leave it on, whether they're watching it or not. Yes. You know, like it's just it's how some people like having the TV on just to have that background noise. Yeah. Let yeah. me toss on a Let's Play of like, you know, Bayonetta 3. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. I use 
uh, Let's Plays or uh, I watch streamers for uh, games that I either played and I just want to see like if they have any tips or tricks or I can't afford the game at the time myself and I'll watch like a playthrough and see like, oh, do I want to spend money on this? And right. by the way, streaming is a great advertising for your game, you know? Oh, for sure, if, yeah. If a top streamer streams a game, like, a lot of people will get interested immediately with just the streamer behind it. Yep. No, absolutely. And But but it's just, to me, what I find funny is that, um, I guess, that, that facade of, like, oh, these influencers are actual people just like you playing video games when it's it's not really that no, way like it's not. they're they're definitely getting paid like well yeah they <laughs> they definitely like get yeah sponsorships and stuff but the major thing is that they don't do like they will like play the whole game like the whole day and then the next day they have to already have another game on backup to beat it's all work the way no it's up. definitely yeah. work for sure so that's the only thing i'll say is that like me and you we could game but for like pleasure you know, we could still have that experience and that fun. The issue I feel with streamers, like when you're that big and let's say you do play a game you like or something like you have a whole audience either telling you what you're doing or you're doing it wrong or just like straight up just like, you know, but there's also love in the chat. You know, people want to support their uh, streamers. But the issue is I feel like a lot of that gaming like like fun you have is like completely gone with streamers oh i bet yeah. yeah absolutely yeah no stress i don't want i go to video games to to unwind and like go into a different world <laughs> yeah just to like it's it escapes it escapism you know it's just another escapism but i like this escapism because it's more interactive that's what i gotta say i like i like a good story i like a good character building stuff so with games i get more of that character building or that relation with the character way more than than a film but i also love films and i also see that in films but i also see that the reason why gaming's becoming a little bit more popular than films nowadays well, it's like you said, it's interactive escapism. Like you're a part of the story, a part of the main character. Yes. A lot more involved. And, you know, with Master Chief and and uh, Gordon Freeman, it's like a literal sense that you are the that player, that person in that world. And and to achieve that, you know, while Beck is just have a silent protagonist, right? It just shows at the beginnings of gaming, like being the main character, being the character you changing the narrative or you going through the narrative through this character was a very important thing. Absolutely. So let's, we're going pretty deep, pretty, uh, let's, let's first break down. I mean, it's been a while since we've recorded, like what you've been up to. I went to Disney recently. Oh, okay, cool. Yes. I How went to, um, celebrate my niece's first birthday. Oh, yeah, nice. So it was very Congratulations. Cool because she, awesome. um, she got to see, you know, goofy and, she hated fucking Donald <laughs> as soon as Donald, she does. And the funniest thing, the, the, she doesn't cry like a lot, really. She's more like when I observed her, she was like more like, Oh, what's this? What's that? You know, like more observant, more like, um, just trying to figure out the world, I guess. Curious. Right? The yeah. Curious. curious. Mind, yeah. That's what I meant. But, um, I did the thing I spoke about, like our, one of our first episodes or, one of our early episodes, which was drinking around the world. Yeah, I remember. <laughs> and this time they had like a special, like they had like a special uh, wine tasting thing. So more alcohol, more fun, in my opinion. Okay, cool. So that was a good time. I mean, very quickly, um, it's been a while since I went. I went to the new Star Wars attraction. Okay. That is really cool. Like it's a big upgrade from star wars i went to like the little small star wars park that they had like oh for a long time but they upgraded it they added like you know cool ships around they had people patrolling as the characters and whatnot i didn't do the lightsaber thing like i i looked at it but um the thing is is that uh that's a that's a huge thing and that's, that's where you make your own one yeah that's where you make your own one and those things i like looked at it it looked kind of flimsy my opinion so i was like if i'm gonna get one i'm gonna like order well like a good quality one yeah because the sure. biggest issue another issue i have with disney is that 
they like of course they overprice everything but now it's like it's way overpriced you know it's gonna get worse with this whole thing um with uh florida taking away disney's um anonymous zone or something yeah so basically they've been like evading taxes and other stuff like there's they get a lot a lot of breaks basically and that like that made sense back in the day when you know yeah the whole point would be like the reason why we put the park here is because we're gonna bring in more people to your state and thus you know giving more money to the state as a whole because they're 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 going to just be in Florida, you know, just being in Florida, whether you know it or not, you're, they're making money off of you, you know, in any state, really, mm-hmm. you know, so, um, yeah, we're, and we are a tourism state for sure. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's why we don't have, is that why we don't have, um, there's a tax we don't have that other states have, and it's because of tourism. I know that, I know we don't have tax on prescription drugs. That's why old, old people love being here. Oh yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. But, um, but either way, I mean, Disney has grown pretty large and they have significant political power. So it's interesting to see the government, the state go- government and a private entity battle in that sense. So like when they're like, whatever the reason is, when they butt heads, it's interesting to see now that the state government is saying, you know what, let's let's take this away. I don't want to get way too political. I mean, I could talk about this for a while, but I don't want to get too into it, but in my opinion, this is one of the main reasons why capitalism is kind of like it, it promotes that whether we know it or not, you know yeah, what I mean? No, for it, sure. It, Public private partnership. And the thing is we still have monopolies, you know, like the whole point of capitalism, the foundations that like no monopolies will have full control over everything. Right. But in just the capitalist state, it's promoted. Like think of Xbox buying out like, uh, all the stuff now, all the gaming studios. Think of Disney just buying Marvel, uh, buying Star Wars, and you know, buying every, trying to buy everything else. They want to get rid of competitors, not promote competitors. Right. We were just watching a game. It looked pretty cool, but it said uh, Bandai Namco and Amazon Games. What the fuck? Oh well, yeah, <laughs> that's the thing. Amazon's been pushing for like a gaming thing this started with like new world an mmo they created and then the, the, the name is blue Pro- protocol just like their whole space mission what's it called a uh, blue sentinel or something like that oh uh, yeah yeah so I know like, what you're talking about so yeah. there's you, you see this you, yeah we could get into it obviously <laughs> but just to very clearly say very quick capitalism promotes these actions they promote it and the government trying to crack down on that that's a good step towards but again capitalist society man it's just gonna pop out somewhere else something else is gonna replace that beast you know or that beast is just too strong to break up i mean i don't think there's anything wrong with like companies trying to make money or anyone in general trying to make money but like we were saying monopolies once it gets to, to a monopoly then it's it's like there's no competitors exactly the and only person you could do anything is through this one entity and those small businesses suffer yeah, well, that's the thing. Like with with uh, capitalism, it's essentially sharks all fighting for like bait. Yeah, it's the bigger shark gonna come in and just take the whole thing, and then leave the scraps to like the shrimps. <laughs> no, absolutely. But at this point, I don't think Disney's going anywhere. They have a pretty strong hold here, and from from what I hear, their um their workers aren't. The happiest. (laughs) Oh, no, no. I knew somebody who worked at the parks, and I knew someone who worked, who tried to get into animation. Mm. And they just horror stories, like literal horror stories. So I I believe it, you know? And especially a company that big, right? If any lawsuit comes to them, they could just literally settle, you know? Oh, yeah. And it's like... Which would you rather do as an individual, like continue the fight and continue to pay out of pocket for like lawyers and like uh, all the other financial stuff you need to do? Or would you just rather accept a quick deal, you know, and avoid all of that for both parties, you know, because usually with those uh, those deals, there's like uh, this don't disclose NDA NDA. Yeah, so 
I'll give you the money, but you don't say shit. Yeah, <laughs> you don't say fucking shit. <laughs> yep. But unfortunately... The tools of the rich and powerful. Yeah, but the park is fun. <laughs> I do. I did have fun. I'm and, glad you um, had fun. That's awesome. It, it was. It was cool. If I had to give a rating of Disney now, I would give it like an eight. Was it like full or how it used to be? Or oh, it's full. Okay, that's it's cool. full. I. I um. I. I masked up. I was like, I got my second booster shot. Like, oh, right masked. Before. I said masked. No, no, masked. I was masked up. Gotcha. Got my like third booster shot, and I still got COVID. Ah, yeah. damn. But that That's was probably my fault, though, because like the thing is, is like, you know, when you touch your face and shit, you you don't think about that. Usually, especially you're walking and sweating, you want to touch. Yeah, your face. and you want to like do something. So I was. It was partially my fault because I wasn't keeping a good eye on that stuff or keeping a very conscious mind about that. But yeah, no, it was packed, bro. And I'm walking around and I'm hearing all different languages, you know? So I'm like, wow, you know, they, I mean, this is a little bit, you know, they, they're, we we did have lockdowns in Florida, but they, they ended relatively early, you know? But I thought like just the fact that we went through that, that people would be like a little bit more conscious. I was totally wrong. You know, the only ones wearing masks were like staff and like a couple of people. Yeah, no, for sure. It's it's been crazy, and I don't know if you've been following, but there's been a lot of protests in China be, due to the zero COVID policies. Yes, that Xi Jinping finally was like, okay, well, let's let's bring it, calm it down a little bit. So yeah, what I heard recently is they uh, lack some of those laws. Yep, they but just that's did like it. the most recent thing I heard. It literally just happened. So let's. It's just int- it's interesting to see protests in a authoritarian regime actually change things yeah so i mean for a while america thought we had it bad with the lockdowns and stuff but like no compared to australia what? yeah compared to Oof. everything else it was like everybody like people were being like forced in their house yeah like like places like like i would say california and new york probably had it the worst because they're also like the the largest um in terms of populations and it's not like i'm not for that like, trust me, in my opinion, like between an individual and the greater people, I would always go with the greater peeper, people, paper <laughs> people. I would always go with like what's safe for everybody else, you know? And, but that's like just taking it way too far. Like China's the spectrum, you know, on the far right side where it's like, that is straight up. They're just locking you in there. They were literally locking people yeah, in buildings. They were just literally yeah. locking people in there. For and sure. Very quickly, there was a fire that was kind of like maybe the spark of this, but like there was other reasons, you know, this mass revolution went yeah. on or protest. A bunch of Uyghurs died, right? Yeah, yeah. Yep. But no, um, it was a city. It was like a, a city, like a major city in China. And there was a fire in one of the apartment blocks. Hmm. And since people couldn't escape, um, th- you know, they just ended up burning. I find my information from, uh, from China from a couple sources. But one big source I listened to, his name is Lao Y86. He's a YouTuber, but he's like legit lived in China for the majority of his life. That's where you find some of the best information on China, like like the actual like ghost cities they have over there, like cities that they they just built just to construct it, but no one actually lives there. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. That was a big issue too. Is that corrupt corruption there with like real estate is like crazy. Yeah. Like yeah, they would build those empty buildings only because the government would fund people to build it. Yep. And then because of the corruption, all that money just went to like a couple of individuals. Doesn't sound much different from here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Again, like it's it's world politics, man. It's like like once you look into it, it's just all dirty, you know? Yeah. It's like everything. So since we're watching it, I got to I got to ask your opinion on the new Mario movie. Oh, um, yeah. So right now, again, we're watching the Game Awards and the. We're seeing that trailer for the Mario film, and that has Chris Pratt, Jack Black. Um, I like Jack Black as as, as Bowser. Bowser. Yeah. I, yeah, I mean the thing is, I feel like Jack Black would take that role serious, Hell and yeah. he would be like, "No, I want to." I feel like he's coming at this with fun. Now, Chris Pratt, on the other hand, I think he's just taking this as a check, like just a just a quick check, you know. But I could be totally wrong because. I do agree with the senses that I feel Chris Pratt wasn't the strongest pick. 
you know yeah i mean i, I personally like chris pat I, I i liked watching the show what was that show um parks and rec parks and rex yeah so yeah. I, I like chris pat i mean you know he's been really popular as a reason i haven't really watched his movies but as mario yeah, i don't know about yeah. that i mean i personally <laughs> think he's a really good actor mm-hmm. like all around a good actor you know um in the sense of a, a, a dramatic too you know i'm not just saying like like jurassic world or whatever he did this uh he did other films that i saw him in and i was like wow you know this is like a good actor you know okay. he knows how to play the characters and whatnot but i do have to agree with everyone i think that was just that's just like that's not like on the actors like when people get picked for roles in my opinion people shouldn't be sending hate to like the no. actors or whatever um and they, stupid yeah it's so dumb um but like it's usually just casting the casting people and i'm not saying throw hate the, the casting people i'm just saying they're gonna popular they're gonna find the person who's popular you know and you look at chris pratt you know he did jurassic world and he's doing the guardians of the galaxies and he's he brings in a lot of young people you know so it's a smart move like you know casting wise and like business wise but yeah. as a fan of Mario, it's just going to be weird hearing him talk. That's the thing. Every time I hear him talk in the trailer, I'm just like, this is not Mario. Right. It's the same thing they do in, in Japan where the, the, the top singers are also on the top drama shows and on, on, on the TV shows and everything because they have that popularity. They they bring that brand and their, um, their audience, uh, their following. Yeah. It's the same shit. It is. It is, honestly, but... Um, also, I also hear Japan has a problem with like American or like other voice actors from foreign countries. Not that they have a problem, but they kind of like, for instance, David Hayter being dropped from Metal Gear. Is it Zeno? Is it Zeno? I don't know. Sorry. Yoko Shimomura did, um, we were watching best game music and Yoko Shimomura would have won that one. I think it's hilarious that they have a Muppet like animal. Yeah. Well, he yeah. plays drums. I know. Yeah, yeah. So it's like a throwback to, to like the like all the older people watching this, like forties yeah. and fifties. Oh, I remember the Muppets when that was such a big thing at one point. Now, <laughs> I literally used to watch a Buddy Rich video, and he would play against um, Animal, you know, and um, I used that as research for like drumming <laughs> techniques and stuff like that. That's awesome. Yeah, no, it's a good thing. It's a good thing. So let me quick give a quick update for myself. Uh, I'm going to be moving soon. I'm going to be leaving this house. House yes. is getting sold, unfortunately. Uh, landlord died. And they oh, said, shit. Yep. They said, oh, we're just going to go ahead and sell the house. Thankfully, they gave us heads up. And so I have a, a couple of months to find a place. But time is running out. So. Oh, shit. Yeah. Well, I, I, think you'll, I think you said you were looking in a general area, right? Hopefully, but honestly... It looks like we're we'll probably be moving a little more north, probably Hollywood, hopefully Hollywood area, hopefully not more from north than that. Yeah, yeah. Because I need a, a place that has a decent backyard, with, but at least fenced in yeah. for the dogs. Yeah, for the dogs. Yeah, I figured. So, and it's going to be way more expensive uh, for anyone not in South Florida. Rent is crazy right now. So. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I feel like that's a lot of different places. But oh yeah, for sure. Tampa's for sure. a little bit better, if I if I remember correctly. But that's because it's not as popular as Miami Beach or mm-hmm. Miami. You know. Yeah. No. And we have Art Basel right now. Oh so yeah, that's what was going on. That's over bringing there. even more people, and they're building. Uh, I just heard that they're building a super freaking tower in in downtown. Oh, like some hundred story yeah. building with the St. Regis, I think, or the Wall of Astoria. I've been noticing driving around too a lot more um, out of state license plates. Oh, I yeah. saw like a lot from California. Oh, yeah, for yeah, sure. For sure, so. for sure. But anyway, so I'm crossing my fingers that I find a nice place with a big room just for the studio. Oh, that would be so nice. So we'll get some more space, you know, um, just because I would love to buy some sound foam to like properly treat the room. Oh, uh, yeah, to make it sound really nice. Yeah, because then yeah. that way we could back up more from the mics and not get the echo and just have a nice sound. I see. I see what you're saying. But um, no, that's pretty much it. So um, do you want to talk about your, your, your recent experience with um, with uh, with your guild? Oh, yes. Um, so very quickly, 
recently in Star Wars: The Old Republic, I play that. I used to play that MMO game. Recently, there was I had a a guild that just you know broke down because of essentially drama. And just very quickly, I notice with a couple of my other friends, that's the majority of how guilds go down is that there's usually some type of internal problem or some type of split in a guild that forces like people to essentially pick sides. Right. right? And then usually there's like a mass purging of some kind. And I recently experienced that. And unfortunately, I gave a lot of time toward this guild and a lot of things they have is because of me, essentially. I um, Because I, I played Star Wars The Old Republic since beta. And I was a concurrent player. I just kept playing every once in a while. I went on install the game for, like, let's say a couple months. And then I would come back to it and play some stuff. And I like MMO games. Like, a lot of people... It's a very niche community. It's a very niche type of gameplay, too, because it's something you need to dedicate time to. Yeah. It's either dailies sure. or you're helping out your guild or you're doing some form of something doing. Yeah. Uh, some form of something. Very quickly, um, 40K Space Marine 2 is showcasing. And yeah, it just popped up. I'm like, look, Warhammer. <laughs> I would really like to talk about Warhammer on this podcast at some point. But Yes, I'm. Uh, uh, Marcus gave me a book to read. I've been slowly reading it, but I'm halfway done. It's been pretty cool, so we're definitely going to talk about that soon. This looks cool, though. Oh, this is um, Space Marine 2. This is like an up. It's like the first one was a very God of War-esque game in the 40K universe, which is great, you know? And by the way, the blue armor, the blue armor space marines, they're the ultramarines. Okay. They're led by uh I see Ultra Ro- Robu Gilliman. Um I-, I can't say his name right for the life of me. <laughs> but um yeah, this is a sequel to Space Marine and what I liked about the first one is that it's a fun hack and slash in the forty K universe. And for a while the forty K universe hasn't had like yeah, like games like that because they mostly been concentrated on like RTS type of gaming. And recently a new uh, first person shooter game came out called Dark Tide, but I'll speak about that when I want to speak about these other uh, indie games. But for now, um, yeah, what I've noticed with a bunch of guilds, and this is coming from Final Fantasy and World of Warcraft when I was like playing those games, guilds create certain dynamics. You know, some people take it a little bit more serious. Some people just want to use it as a casual sense, you know. And if you're in a big build, recruiting is also a big part of it, right? So you're always trying to find new people to join the guild. And unfortunately, my guild set a new rule that essentially kicked me out of the guild. Uh... And that's the thing with the guild dynamics in gaming is that, yes, it's a very community-based game and whatnot, but... For the majority of the time, when I try, when I put in time for a guild, if I give them resources and stuff, it's a real kick in the balls when it's like we're changing the whole dynamics of the guild or somebody is in trouble with the guild with like a with a GM or something or the guild itself just slowly dies out because people just don't dedicate time towards the guild anymore right because people get older and they just want to play other games for example but yeah unfortunately as big as they are a part of the games it's what i find is like i kind of like the smaller guilds nowadays like if i do come back to gaming and stuff like wow or like an mmo like type game if i get into that i would more likely want to be in a smaller guild not a huge guild, not a big. How big was this guild? This guild was like over seven hundred members. Damn! Yeah, it was a huge God fucking guild. Damn. A lot of them were offline because, again, you're constantly recruiting. You know, you're constantly recruiting for your guild. But yeah, we the Star Wars guild I was a part of was a big guild at the uh, at the time and whatnot. And you were saying it was an old school guild too. Yeah, it's an old school guild. Yeah, it was like it was part of like the members the original members were like part of the beta and everything and they just continued playing you know 
Unfortunately, one of the main members got sick and he had to stop playing and organizing stuff for the guild and managing stuff and gave it to the original team. And the original team wanted a stricter, stricter RP S plane and serious like um, raids and stuff like that, like flashpoints or um, op- uh, operations. That's what they're called in Star Wars. And unfortunately, at the time, I was playing more casually and again, I put in all these resources and stuff and it was like, it was either you're, you're going to do the RPing or you're not doing the RPing. And that was it. And unfortunately I didn't want to do RP <laughs> and it's not like I was part of an RP server. There's only like four or five servers for Star Wars. So it's really dependent on the guild themselves if they want to take an RP stance or like a casual stance. So they just, um, these owners just, did they take a poll of what people want to do or they just said, no, we're going to do this and that's it. They explained it in the sense of they want to go back to how the guild started, which was like that extreme RP sense. But was it like, um, like what's the word? Like, like a warning? Was it like a mandate? Like, hey, this is what we're doing. A mandate. Yes, yeah, it, it was mandate. It wasn't like, okay, so let's see what everyone wants to do. Let's let's take a vote. You no, know? no, no. This no. was strictly with the head members, and they all agreed that we want to go back to RP. Right. That sucks. Yeah, I lost. I lost a couple of good friends, people I talked to, and the thing is, when I go into games or any chat stuff, I always, if, if you know me. I always try to speak about music to some aspect because mm-hmm. I love music and I love talking to other people about music. And one of the guild members was like somebody who I shared that like relation with, you know, like like a serious music lover. Right. And yeah, this this guild breakup essentially just left a bad taste in our mouths. And we were like, we're not going to play MMOs anymore. Wow, Mr. MMO Marcus is not going to play MMOs anymore. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to be done for a while. It's like, um, one, the monthly rate. I feel like that should just be a done model. Like, that model should just be gone by now. Like, the subscription model. Yeah. I yeah, feel I like it's you. old. I don't know what they would replace it with. Because, again, I'm not into, you know, I, I don't know the business side of an MMO game. But... I still feel the subscription model is very old. You know, I feel like there should be a a, a change in payment of some kind, whether it's like time you played or like, or like, um, or like the longer, like maybe the longer that you're inactive, the more you get charged or you see, again, I I don't really, we don't really know, but my point being is that there's not been a change up in the payment model for a long time. Right. Right. Because the subscription model, that's the easiest thing. And like, that's what, that's what you do with everything else, you know, like streaming subscriptions or you like, it's just so easy to to forget about a a monthly charge or a yearly charge. Like even, um, the digital audio workstation I use, the DAW, it's uh, called studio one. And usually they come out with Studio 2, Studio 3, Studio 4, Studio 5. There's like a different version of of, of the recording environment, let's call it. Like yes. this is where you mix and everything like that. But now it's all going towards what they call Sphere or Studio, some, some bullshit. Basically uh. it's like, oh, you pay us yearly and then we'll give you the updates as they come out, you know? Yeah. That same yearly model crap. I'm uh, like, oh, yeah, man, come yeah. on, man. Just, just give me the new version. Yeah, that's the thing. They don't want people using the older models. They want people to um, come back to, like, the newest thing. But I'll tell you, Marcus, I I work in, like, that financial sector, like, servicing um, cards like that. And a lot of people, I you know, I, I look into, like, a lot of different people's accounts and the kind of money they spend. And I, I deal with, like, disputes and, and fraudulent transactions and setting that up. A lot of people don't pay attention to what they charge. They literally do not pay attention. They say yes the first time and then they don't realize or they forget that they're being charged on a monthly basis, on a yearly basis. That's so wild, man. That's why it works so well because people don't pay attention. They make enough money that it doesn't matter. As long as I pay my bills at the end of the month and it doesn't feel too expensive, then I'm fine with it. I'm such a penny pincher. Oh, me too. Trust me. The fact that like Hulu would like change up to $2. I was like, oh, hell no. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) Yeah. man. 
YouTube music used to be like I think twelve ninety nine or something like that. Now it's like up to twenty two ninety nine. I'm like, what the fuck? Yeah, yeah. I have one oh, without yeah. um advertising. Yeah, and one. it's like yeah, it's like fourteen. No, it's sixteen now. Like sixteen bucks. Yeah, it's been going. And up. I was it's crazy. like, what the fuck, man? Like no way. Damn, she is cute. Jesus Christ. But yeah, that's the little guild dynamics I had to speak about. It was you know if you get in the MMO game and and you want to be part of a big guild and everything like i'm not saying don't be don't be looking out for that if you want to be a part of that go for it that's like a part of the game that i would say anybody starting an mmo should try to push themselves towards you know finding those build big groups and just you know jumping into it see if you like the guild or not absolutely but i will recommend um you know just be careful you know, with the people you talk to, of course, you're speaking to people on the Internet, so you don't really know them completely and whatnot. So don't put in like so much dedication to one like guild or group and expect like them to take care of you, essentially. Yeah, things change. Unfortunately, things change. So you got to be ready for that change. Yeah. Yeah, that so is true. I do want to turn change gears a little bit. Um, uh, This happened last month. I'm sure a lot of you already know what you're listening now. That um, Kevin Conroy passed away, the VA for Batman. The I would say the definitive Batman series. That even though Batman is from like the sixties, seventies, like this TV show in the nineties really defined like the image, at least for me, for like what what Batman is and what to compare it to. That awesome detective noir style, but still like joking around, you know, like. What I really like about him is that he really captures the sternness of Batman. You know what I mean? I don't know how to put it. Is that Batman is not a character who gets easily surprised. He's not mm-hmm. a character who's who's um has a vast range of emotions. He does. He does. He has a vast range of emotion, but he's not showcasing it. You know? And Kevin Conroy, and I primarily know him through the Arkham series, and he is just such a perfect fit for batman in the terms of the voice everything about his voice just just screams dedication like like that extreme focusness that 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 personality batman really is so give me a sec i want to play a quick two minute less than two minute clip this is from the voice actor um kyle aber he actually voices gohan in in dragon ball z now he he does a lot of stuff american American, American, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. He's been he's he's pretty funny. He has um um a podcast, Intergalactic Boombox. Definitely check it out. Also, podcasting to play compliant. But this is his little heartfelt tribute to uh, Kevin Conroy. Oh man, this one hurt. We had to say goodbye to an amazing human being with an amazing voice who was multiple generations definitive Batman across multiple cartoons and games. The one and only Kevin Conroy. He passed away from cancer at 66, classically trained from the theater, film, and TV, whose charity, including feeding first responders on 9-11. He became a household name starting in 1992 in the iconic Batman the Animated Series, not only a staple of DC's multimedia realm, but also the con circuit. Fans coming out by the hundreds, waiting in long lines to snap a pic with him, get a signature, shake his hands, share their stories of inspirations on what his take of Batman meant to them. Now, I met Kevin at least twice over the years, maybe even three times. I can't remember. It's fun getting old because I was a fellow guest at uh, some Comic Cons. He signed my copy of Arkham Asylum, further inspiring me on my voice acting journey. He scribbled a little pep talk across the cover. It's one of my most cherished items. He was so genuinely kind. And as you know, he had that bass voice. And yet he was actually pretty soft-spoken and had this really infectious guttural laugh that you could hear like a mile away. It was really, really amusing. And if you saw the Justice League Unlimited episode, This Little Piggy, we could also learn that Kevin Conroy could sing. Who knew Batman belting out, Am I blue? was something we needed but not deserved. The Cake Crusader has been performed by a long list of actors, on camera and behind and the mic, who all bring their unique spin on the character, but there will never, ever be another performance more definitive than from Kevin Conroy, a true legend who will be deeply missed. I, I enjoyed that little tribute. It was very interesting. It's, it's, yeah. it's coming from a fellow voice actor who was inspired by the guy. So Yeah, I um I didn't know he was classically trained. I guess that's 
what he um, brought that was very a unique perspective on this character is that he understood the vast range of emotions, but also how to like contain it in a voice, but also leak it out. Absolutely. You know what I mean? And, you know, it's a shame. I think the thing I most agree with um, the individual is that um, he's a definitive person. You know, he like set the standard for like a Batman voice, I feel. Yeah. And to be honest, I didn't know Kevin Conroy's name until earlier this year. But I grew up watching this show. I I grew up um, coming home every day from school and watching Batman on TV. Like to me, that was Batman. Yeah. And it was a lot of great memories there. I got really into Batman with, through the video game series, the Arkham stuff. So I remember him through that, you know, and, um, you know, it'll be, it's going to be kind of sad if I ever replay those games, you know? Um, I mean, granted everyone passes away at some point, but just like he was taken a little bit too early, you know, too early from us, you know? And I hope his family, you know, is all good. You know, I, I put out my, my thoughts for them. And, you know, definitely difficult thing to go through, you know? Yep. And he was loved by many. So a lot of people are going to miss him. Absolutely. So just want to give that little shout out there, a little tribute. But um, speaking of conventions, uh, you and I are going to be going to MegaCon this year, right? Yes. Yes. Hopefully, crossing fingers. It's, yeah. Yeah. It's going to be. Hopefully, in- nothing comes up that, like, like, same you know, you know something it's like oh i can't go or something yeah it's you know it's it's never 100 percent. but i already claim my days at work so if all goes well we'll yeah. be at megacon yeah hell yeah have you ever been to, to anime convention or like, like any kind of like um, i've been to i've been into an anime convention but a while ago it was like when i was 16 oh yeah um the most recent con i did was honestly like 2018 uh Boston. Oh, Boston, cool. um, that with the gaming, um, con. Nice. Um, and that one, I got really lucky or like I did a signing of, um, what do you call it? I did a signing for, um, for the, for the Witcher developers. Like I got their signatures. Nice. I don't know if you know the Witcher game. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. So it's like the developers were there or some of the developers and they wrote down, you know, when I what I brought with me is actually pretty funny. Um, this all uh, this requires a little bit of a story though. So okay. very quickly, I'm all ears. Uh, back when I was in Boston, um, I was like uh, going to school there, and I heard that Giza was gonna do Giza from Wu Tang Clan yeah, was yeah. doing like a talk on like astronomy or something, and I was like, what? And I just found out that day, right? So. I really wanted to get his signature, but the only thing I had was like a notebook and I was like, no, not a notebook. Um, and I had my other books like for school, but I had my Mozart book. (laughs) Okay. So I waited in line and everybody ahead of me. And I always go to the back of the line of these signings and stuff like that. My whole theory is like, you're going to remember the first person and then, then the last person. Okay. You know, so I wanted to be the last person, right? Very quickly. There is scientific evidence for that. That's awesome. So (laughs) I didn't even, I didn't know that. I just, I just like doing that. You know, when it comes to, to like memory and attention, we tend to remember the first and the last of something. Yeah. (laughs) and I was like the last person and I, and everyone, you know, brought their like Giza albums, shirts and whatnot. And I show him my Mozart book. (laughs) Like, I'm definitely going to remember this. Yeah. And he's like, he looks at me and he like looks at the book and he, and I tell him, I straight up tell him, I didn't have anything. I didn't know you were speaking today. And I, and I told him, I just want your signature. I, I love Wu Tang. I love all the music and stuff like that. Right. And he's like, Oh, that's cool, man. I mean, I, uh, I've, he he told me like he he feels like lucky to be like signing something like he feels he like he told me like oh i'm like part of the great or something you know what i mean because you know mozart he's a mu- musical genius you know that is true and i mentioned that i'm like you you like to me you're a legend just like mozart and he was like maybe not like mozart but i get you and he he went on the first page and did a huge fucking signature well i hope right you still have there. that no i do i still uh, have yeah. it but here's the thing 
I took that same book and that's what I get my shit signed on. Like that's where the majority of famous people I met, that's what I got. Not a lot either. I've only met um, the only people who signed as Jizza, the developers of Borderlands and the developers of the Witcher and a, um, uh, and a voice actor for, um, David Hader, David Hader. I also got his signature. Nice. And, um, they all comment the same thing, you know, because I told them each one of them look at the first page. They look at it, Jizza, you know, and they're like, what? And then people were literally fighting to get their name like near Jizza, right? <laughs> so I have like the developers of The Witcher, like tiny, but they're like near Jizza, you know, and they were all like, no, I want to be on signing that. That's front awesome. page and i was wow. like oh wow this is cool because again you know if anything i would want to bring something unique you no, know it's beautiful i love that story i never knew that and it, it makes so much sense because it's like as an artist you're used to you know everyone buys a cd or a shirt and you're signing that it's all day but something so different like this is actually unique yeah that's what i thought you know and what better uniqueness than mozart <laughs> right and and again, not only just the Mozart, but then having Jizza and then having everyone just being like, what? <laughs> you got to take a picture of us and, and we'll post it on the on on the podcast. Yeah. If there's any signing going on, I would definitely want to do that. Oh, at Maricon? Yeah. Oh, we're going to have a lot of signings. Yeah. And as as because it's going to be in, I believe, late March. So as as the time goes on, they're going to announce more and more people. Now, I mean, I've I've mostly been to um, anime conventions, and the same thing in my 16, 18, I went to a ton of them, from Tampa, Orlando, all that shit. Then I stopped for a while, but then recently, in this last year, I started going again. I went to the local mm. um, Otaku Fest down by the airport, and then um, Supercon mm. over here at, at, on the beach, in, in my beach convention center. Yeah. And it was a lot of fun. It, to me, it, it, it rekindled that, that love of being there, like literally just walking around is just fun because there's so many different people there a lot of different like costumes a lot of cool stuff to look at and buy unfortunately yeah yeah be ready to drop some bring serious coinage yes unfortunately that's where i got my nami figure nice <laughs> but um no no so it's gonna be a lot of fun but so the, but the thing with megacon is that it's not just an anime convention, but it's more of a comic book convention with an anime aspect. Oh, okay. So when I, I went, I went probably like 2007 or a long time ago. And that's exactly how it was. I remember there was a huge Darth Vader that would come every year, like literally like some six, seven foot tall guy in a huge Darth Vader outfit walking that's around. Yeah, that would be so fucking dope to see. I don't know if you're still coming, but that'd be cool. No, definitely. Definitely. So I'm I'm definitely curious to see how much Megacon has evolved, but it's not going to be just anime for sure. It's going to be a lot of different stuff. You see a lot of Star Wars. That's I'm always down for Star Wars. Star Hell Wars yeah. is my bread and butter. So and I mean I figure we'll like we'll rent a, a hotel, right? Yeah. Yeah, and then we could probably record an episode up there. Yeah, yeah, just like record in the room or something. Minor details yeah. on location. Just like yeah, <laughs> doing a quick update on the con. Hell yeah, I'm excited. Yeah, me too. Um. If there's any star, cool Star Wars stuff, I'm definitely going to buy it. Hope Maybe some 40K? Yeah. Is there ever? You ever yeah. notice any of that? Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. Dude, you're going to... Oh, hell yeah. It's... it's You'll find every sort of niche everywhere. There's You'll find a nerd about something. <laughs> you'll find it. Now, I have one stipulation. Yeah. We have to dress up. Oh, shit. Yep. Start thinking about your outfit. We got to dress up. <laughs> oh, shit. At How least- does that work? Nah, just, do you I, just like order it off the internet? You could do that. Or I mean you could just be creative. Like like think about a character you could do and then just like find the clothes or something. I don't know. Like What I, do you do? Do you order? I've um thankfully my roommate makes stuff, so the last time I went as a way of the house husband, the, the main character, and she and she made that um the, his I- iconic vest with the Shiba Inu on the front. And then I just bought some cheap ass glasses at the at the fucking store, and she drew some makeup on me, and that was it. And I was wearing a nice shirt, a nice oh, suit. Okay, all right, yeah. yeah. I'm not talking about hundreds of dollars to look oh, like. Oh, all right. Nah, fuck that. No. So it'd be cool if I bought like a jacket or something with like a symbol of like the anime or whatever. Be creative. That's okay. all I'm saying. All right, yeah. 
I could. I, I'll definitely do something like that. When in Rome, do as Romans do. Yeah, except for the murdering. <laughs> well, you know. Anyway, so you said you want to talk about a couple games before we end off? Yes. I would like to speak about three indie games that I have recently fell in love with. One more so than the other two. The first one I would like to speak about is a game called Signalis. Hmm. Okay. And that game is a survival horror game in the vein of Resident Evil, the first one, and also a mixture of Silent Hill. Now... This is the type of game where if you try to explain the deeper elements of the story, you kind of ruin the game, right? right? So all I will say is that the main character is searching for her female um, compatriot okay, and is trying to save her in a sense. But the game is a love letter to survival horror fans. Mm. It's everything I love about a survival horror game. It has item management. It has... Uh, you you're not forced into engagements you could like run around a lot of these enemies and like the whole point of the game is like you're constantly thinking two steps ahead and that's what i really like about survival that's when you know you're playing a great survival game when you're constantly thinking oh do i need to go back and grab this item or should i bring this amount of ammo or should i bring this gun with me while i go and explore and the game also has a very unique art style. It's isometric, so it's like a top view. And it's like pixel graphics, but also mixed in with 3D environments. Okay, interesting. That is... I noticed that... Oh, I know exactly what game you're talking about. I think I know exactly. What, it looked really fucking cool. It's like it an eye. Let me look it There's up. like a blue eye or whatever. You keep talking. I'm going to look it up. <laughs> so the game very quickly also gives me like Blade Runner feel, like a Blade Runner S feel. And overall, it's such a great. Uh, did you send me a video for this? Yes, I That's did. That's why. Yeah, it okay, yeah, looks fucking it. awesome. Hell yeah. Yeah. And it shares like kind of anime tropes, but not like stereotypical anime tropes. Like for instance, uh, like I get a serious Evangelion feel to this, you know? Right. And the thing is that the, there's not a lot of cutscenes, but I noticed it when I was playing it, I f- felt like an emotional connection to this character. Right. You know, in this, and it was not a lot of cutscenes all through gameplay, you know? And it's very rare to find games like, especially survival horror games like this anymore. Because if I want to play survival horror, it's like Resident Evil Remake 2 or Resident Evil, maybe Dead Space. But to me, Dead Space is not a survival horror. It's more of like an action horror game. And also, what I also like about this game, the endings change depending on how you play. Mm, cool. So if you play a certain way, you're going to get like a certain cutscene. And again, very like space oddity feel for the for the story for those of you who don't know that's a stanley stanley kubrick film 2001 a space odyssey mm-hmm. and it deals with dealing with the unknown and and you're constantly questioning what's happening in front of you nice which i really like in in games i really enjoy games that have like a complete narrative but i love games more when they leave stuff to you to decide they don't spoon feed you the narrative you find things about the narrative and sometimes you even have to question that. And then it's this cool world building element to it. But yes, yeah, Signalis, if you're a survival horror game, keep an eye on that. Buy that. I would say just play it if you're like a huge Resident Evil fan and you're dying to play like a game like Resident Evil 1. I would say go for Signalis. Yeah, I love when, when stories do that, when like they leave that ambiguity. They don't give you every single detail, but... You kind of have to um, fill in the blank yourself, you know? Yeah, yeah. And it's like, for in my opinion, like, I imagine for the developers is like there is a solid um, narrative that like is already in the background, right? They know the solid, the, the, the whole narrative. They know what's going on. But they're slowly painting the picture. Exactly. And I, and I feel like um, with Signalis, especially any... Any answer could be right, you know, like anything you come up with while playing the game, that could be what's happening, you know, and it's um, and again, it leaves it open enough so you could decipher it. Yeah, I'm definitely gonna check it out. Look, from what you sent me, it looked really cool. 
And you could also it's also available on Game Pass. Um so I'm not gonna sign for a subscription. Do you work for Microsoft? No, I just that's you could just also get it from there. <laughs> you can't get it from Epic. Okay. Yeah, the Epic Game Store, and you can't get it from GOG. So where do you get it from? Just Steam Game Pass? and um the yeah. Xbox. I'll just uh, get it on Pass. Steam. Oh, yeah, Steam. Oh wow, a new armor core. Yeah. The Man. other game I would like to speak about is Scorn. I've, how long have you had your Steam account? Since like 2007. Right? Yeah, I noticed that. My shit's old as fuck. Yeah, I I was I was um I was there at the beginning. <laughs> yep. Orange when, box. Yeah, yeah, well, <laughs> yeah. Before that too. Yeah. Like when it was like um when Steam was like a small little UI and it didn't have like a store. Mm-hmm. Or uh, I think it did, but it was very like basic, you know. Um, but yeah, I had my Steam account for a while. Yeah, yeah. Steam is just the place to go, man. It's a place to go get games. Right, and so many people have created the model after it. Yeah, which I always feel they fail. <laughs> Like Epic Game Store, in my opinion, is not that good. Origin sucks. I have constant problems with Origin. Um, EA EA's trying a new one. I mean, Origin is EA, but EA's like doing its own EA play. That one is not so great either. I I, I find it very annoying. Steam is like the baseline for all of this. You know, that's the hardest thing about competing with Steam as a game. In PC game stores that Steam essentially started all this. Yeah, they have first mover advantage. Yeah, and Big time. And let me tell you, out of out of the history of Steam, I have never like ran into a serious problem. Like in the sense of like, um, if I wanted to refund a game, it was usually immediate. You know, if I had a problem with the game or something, um, I, I really feel that they take the input of people and like try to fix whatever's wrong with their system. Um, download rates is always better. Like I always get faster when I download a game, it's always faster on steam than compared to the other platforms. Yeah. On steam, I, I usually get like the max or at least close to it, like 90% of max of what, yeah. what I can achieve. And you can't go wrong with a decent steam sale. It's like a meme at this point. Oh uh, Yeah. All right, so we're running out of time. You said you had two more games to talk about? Yeah, yeah. So the other game I would like to speak about is a game called <laughs> That's Scorn. so funny. They animated uh, the, the, the famous... The lo-fi. The lo- um, lo-fi music lady. That's fucking hilarious. Memes are now commercials. Yeah. Anyway, please continue. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, so, yeah, the other game I would like to speak about is Scorn. And Scorn... It kind of got like some bad rap when it first came out because a lot of people were expecting it to be this like first person shooter. But what it actually is, it's a pretty puzzle heavy game. Cool. Right. Like you puzzles. do run into like enemies and you do shoot at them. But the majority of enemy encounters happen like near the end of the game. And then straight up the end of the game, it's like two uh, people you fight and that's it. And the this game has the best atmosphere I have played in a game for a long ass time there were moments in that game where i had to stop look at the environment and just sit there and be like well this is awesome you know Ooh, i love that and the game takes place on a biomechanical world oh. so it's a mixture of you know like organs and flesh and like machinery that's xenoblade yeah <laughs> yeah yeah and um what do you call it it's very inspired by h hr geiger nice that's the artist for alien and another artist um i can't remember his name but he did like decrepit scenery stuff and that's the thing with scorn is that it has great atmosphere like i would recommend playing it just for the atmosphere alone and my favorite thing about it is that there is no narrative essentially like there's no story there's no cutscene. There's no nothing telling you what's going on. It's literally everything's left to you. And it's like you investigate the world and you, you see the world and you have to make your assumptions based on that. There's no one speaking to you. There's no one telling you what your objective is. It's just you walking through this place. Now, again, there are first person shooter elements to it. They're OK. It's like more serviceable. Right. Right. 
it's not really something that was dedicated time for, I feel, to make it like a really tight shooting game. I feel like the shooting aspect is really there just to um, break up the pacing between the puzzles. But the puzzles are not too bad, in my opinion. They're not so complicated where you really need to sit there and like think about it like you have a difficult time at first just deciphering what you need to do but as soon as you figure it out it's smooth sailing nice that's good that's good yeah because you know like you want a good puzzle but you also want it to be enjoyable last thing you want to do is be so frustrated you can't continue (laughs) well yeah that's the thing is like if they were to just made this a straight up puzzle game and just like more of like like essentially a walking simulator it would just feel like a simulated art piece you know like a really cool looking he geiger like art places gotcha and um yeah just the look of the game the atmosphere everything is like a recommend try for me but i would say don't buy it full price wait steam sale yeah literally (laughs) wait until it's like ten dollars and pick it up like, if you're going to come at this thinking you're going to be playing for a while and whatnot, it's not a long game. It's literally like six, four, maybe like four hours long or six hours oh, wow. long. Yeah, it's not a long game. And that's the only issue I really have with it is that it's just too short, in my opinion. There's one part of the game where you get near the end and you start seeing, like, uh, essentially a civilization and that's where they kind of leave it off on, you know. I would have loved to see more of this civilization, but unfortunately, it it just ended. Wow! And it's not like the ending. Uh, I was pissed off at the ending. I actually like the ending. It's a very, it's a very cool, in my opinion, homage to a book called "I Have No Mouth and I Must Scream." What? Yeah, that's a that's a very famous book. Um, mm. I would recommend it. It's a very cool sci-fi book. But um yeah, and the last game I'll like to speak about is a game called Moonscar. Moonscar is a Metrovania S game. And this game has like a story and everything. The story, I'm not too far into the game myself, but the gameplay is a lot of fun. It's a Metrovania and they put interesting takes on death, on checkpoints, and even just the world design too. It's a very interesting game and if you're a fan of metrovanias this is a game i would definitely recommend now the biggest push is the story itself and it kind of has like this existential feel to it you know where your character is like questioning themselves and the world around them and i like that narrative i like when when you come in and events have happened and now you're dealing with those events but you have no clue what they were you have to figure it out based on the gameplay, based on the exploration. Gotcha. So I would definitely recommend that too, Moonscar. And that would be all. Yeah, those are the three games I, uh, three indie games I tried out. I specifically, maybe Scorn is not so much of an indie game, but like Signalis and Moonscar is. And I would definitely say throw support, throw your love to those games because those are like, the people that are in my opinion like indie games pushing gaming nowadays that's it's it's ironic that we're sitting here watching the game awards and they're showing like trailers for big name games like diablo 4 and final fantasy 16 but here we're we're, we're talking about the indie games which is fantastic like yeah yeah you got to give love to them indie games man they they again uh signalis signalis for instance was only made by two people that's awesome. And like they gave such an incredible game. See, in that case, like I don't mind not waiting for a Steam sale. I'd, I'd rather just pay the full 20 bucks and whatever and just support it, you know? Yeah, just support them. Yeah. And if we're looking on the Steam review and look, it's overwhelmingly positive. Overwhelmingly positive. Which is like literally saying a lot for Steam reviews. But I am interested though, earlier they showed a trailer for uh, from the makers of Celeste some, some game. And I, I love Celeste. That was a lot of fun of a game. And I like the style too. So, what is that? Um, Celeste or the game that they that they announced? Celeste. Celeste. It's that like cute little eight um, bit girl, and like it's like a wall jumping kind of uh, super meat boy kind of thing. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's. I just like games like that. Like, I'm sure you've seen Celeste. Probably. Yeah. I'm sure it was. It kind of reminds. I'm thinking of like. Um, 
Oh yeah, I seen that. Yeah, yeah. I I seen her. For I've sure. seen like recommendations to get that a bunch. Ah, uh, Mike. But yeah. Anyway, so let's start wrapping it up. Uh, thanks once again, everyone, for joining us. Don't forget to visit us at audioghost.miami to see all, all our past episodes. Our last episode was um, Marvel versus Capcom 2. Yeah, on the music on that. Yeah, that was a fun episode. Um, and we'll talk about the, uh, the next episode, but I've been actually, wow, that was a month and a half ago. Holy shit. Um, just to tell you really quick, I've been watching these, I'm sure you know who Joseph Campbell is. Oh, sorry. I've, yes. I, yes. So, um, oh, I, I sent you the link. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. When you sent me that, like if you're a star Wars fan, you know, you eventually <laughs> get to that because that's what star Wars was that experiment. Right. Like you gotta understand George Lucas took that and was like, all right, let me test it. Like, let me see if this is actually like a good writing device or whatever. And I mean, look at this, look at Luke, you know, it follows that, that architecture, you know, he, um, he first denies his call to adventure, if you remember. So let's, let's save it for, okay, for another yeah, episode. Yeah, Cause okay. I definitely want to talk about it. And uh, for those who don't know, Joseph Campbell wrote in the fifties, um, the power, the of hero, the, the, the hero's journey, the, the hero with a thousand faces, oh, which, which is about the hero's faces. journey. Yeah. Yeah. But this specifically, what I'm referring to is, um, some interviews he did with, uh, one Bill Moyers and it's called the power of myth. It's like six episodes along about an hour each. Some of them actually taking place at the Lucasfilm Ranch in, in California back in the day. Yeah, yeah. And if you have the attention span, it's just really interesting. Joseph Campbell is a very intelligent guy, and he just goes into a lot of, like, I don't want to say spiritualism, but just, like, breaking down different cultures and, and different myths, and it's just really interesting. Um, I would also say he breaks down a lot of tropes. Yes. Yeah, oh, absolutely. He breaks, it's all tropes. He breaks down all those tropes and kind of explains in detail like why this is important or like why this is part of this mythos i completely agree and i would love to dive an episode into that because i find that really interesting but with that uh anything you want to end on i would like to end it on um it sucks kevin conroy passed away it does it's it it's it's sad like um i like when i heard about that news like again i only know him through the games and I felt like sad, you know, I was, I was sad for that day. I was just like, damn, man. Fucking Batman. Agreed. Agreed. But I guess we just got, um, anyone else who does like a Batman's voice is going to have a lot, like a full, like a full plate on him. You know, he's, he's got a legend to follow up with, you know? Agreed. So, agreed. you know, and I hope, um, Everyone does good. Yeah, I mean, we just got to find the new legends, uh, appreciate those, you know, because he was a voice actor. Like, not a lot of people pay attention to voice actors. So we just got to pay attention to, like, the legends out there now with the, the, the hard workers putting yeah. in all the hard work. So I think it's something that he would like. Anyway, play. All right, team, we'll catch you hopefully next week. Audio Ghost at Miami Podcasting 2.0 Peace Bye bye